Hello and welcome to Mysteries of Science. My name is Michael and I'm the acting deputy editor of Science and Nature, a monthly magazine from the team behind The Week Junior. And I'm Jenny, the features editor. On this podcast, we explore the strange phenomena and bizarre events that have left scientists scratching their heads and, despite their best efforts, remain well and truly unsolved. Today, we're roaming the English countryside, Exmoor to be exact, which is in Somerset and Devon. Yes, but we're not here just on a leisurely walk. We're investigating reports of a large creature with dark fur, which has been spotted around these parts. Possibly a black panther, a puma, or something else entirely. Yes, many people claim to have spotted the so-called Beast of Exmoor, even though photo and video evidence of the creature has never proved it. Well, Michael, perhaps we can solve this case once and for all. Say, Jenny, what's that over there? Where? There! We'd better go take a look. This is Mysteries of Science. So, Michael, the Beast of Exmoor, where do we start? Well, as most people seem to think that the Beast is a big cat of some sort, who better to speak to than a big cat expert? Hi, I'm Rick Minter. I'm a podcaster and I produce a podcast called Big Cat Conversations. And every two or three weeks we hear at least one witness who's encountered a big cat in Britain, different parts of Britain. And we analyse that, discuss it and we compare it with lots of other reports. I've also written a book on the subject and uh, before that I was... um, Uh, a policy officer, policy analyst for a government agency to do with uh, wildlife and the countryside. So I've moved from that to big cats in my early retirement. Welcome to the show, Rick. So tell us, what got you interested in big cats? It did all start from seeing one. Before I saw one, I really hadn't got a view on it. I'd really never given the matter any thought, even though back uh, 20 odd years ago then, there were reports in the newspapers occasionally, and we didn't have websites then really, but uh, I hadn't really, uh, the subject just passed me by. But uh, seeing one and thinking it was a dog uh, initially, and then realizing, no, that actually just has to be a black panther at home in the, in the, Lake District countryside and I had long enough to analyse it, that sort of um, spurred my interest. It nagged away and I eventually, a few years later, did a book on the subject and despite my dad encouraging me not to, he thought it was um, not good for my status and my professional life to get interested in a weird and unusual and uh, wacky subject, but uh, I couldn't really resist and when I left uh, my government policy job I had more freedom, of course, as an independent person. So it was a big cat sighting in the Lake District that made you want to investigate this further, but what about Exmoor? What have you learned about big cat sightings there? Yeah, well, it's interesting we have this sort of brand and this ongoing sort of legend of the Beast of Exmoor because there are other ones around the country, and in a way it's now just become the Beast of Britain and the theory of Britain's big cats. But certainly Exmoor still has credible reports now. You know, I know landowners and um, different people in Exmoor and people who are national park rangers and all kinds of people there and and, um, through the grapevine they tell me about big reports of of big cat reports going on there now and when I do my rural stand uh, show there I take a sort of tent an information tent to rural shows and I've done four in a a row in um, past years just before Covid in the Exmoor area and they were busy all day with people who were just curious or knew about gossip of big cats or who had seen them and encountered them and wanted to report them. So it's an ongoing area of big cats, alleged big cat sightings. So we have people today claiming to have seen the Beast of Exmoor, but just how far back do these stories and sightings go? 
my first report there was from uh, 1966. You know, somebody, a lady came to one of my uh, rural um, show stands there and she said, yeah, my grandfather saw one in 1966. He was a postman and the neighbouring postman saw one on his round as well in a very rural area at um, first light of day, went time, sorts of times when people see them. So uh, from 1966, you know, we've had reports to me of, of um, ongoing sightings in in Exmoor and and elsewhere still going on. So it does seem that they are breeding and we get reports of mothers and cubs. And that's that's the interesting thing, that um, they seem to be naturalising and confident and stealthy and um, existing fine in the British landscape. So if we're going from the 1960s all the way to the present day, and Rick mentioning mothers and cubs, the beast of Exmoor can't just be one creature, can it? It must be several. That's right. We're talking about several cats and in several places across the UK. This mystery goes way beyond Exmoor. So just how widespread are they? If I think of reports to me in the last month or so, well, I've had them from up near John O'Groats in the north northeast uh, tip of Scotland. I've had some from Kent. I've had some from Gloucestershire, where I am. Some from Shropshire. Uh, some from the southwest of England, uh, Devon, so all around the British Isles, and that would be a common pattern, really. And I feel that 90% of those reports, to me, are credible. They, they, I think they're not people um, mistaken. Uh, they're not people trying to um, fake examples and, and get attention to themselves. They really are consistent. Wow, so they really are all over the place, then. If only somebody had a map of the big cats of Britain. Well, it's funny you should say that, Jenny, because I know an artist who has done just that and put it on a tea towel. Hello, my name's Anna Walsh and I'm an artist. I'm based in London, in southeast London, and a lot of my work uses animals in it. Hi, Anna. Thanks for joining us. So this Big Cats of Britain tea towel, how did it come about? Well, I think the initial inspiration came because the art collective I'm part of, Rudio Studiage, we made a tea towel. It's sort of like a spoof souvenir tea towel on the wildlife of London where we depicted sort of more urban wildlife like um, foxes, three-legged foxes, pigeons, rats, that kind of thing. And um, our distributor asked if we could do something that was a bit more UK-based rather than being so London-centric. Uh, so I was trying to come up with an idea that was kind of similar, still had a bit of sense of humour, um, but could appeal to people across the UK. And I think at the time, there was one of those big cat mystery stories doing the rounds. Uh, it was quite a few years ago now, so I think it was the, the Essex Lion so that kind of captured my imagination a bit and I began to do a bit more research into all these big cat sightings. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it came about. And for our listeners who can't see it for themselves, paint a picture for us. What does it look like? So it's a picture of a map of the UK. Uh, well, not including Northern Ireland, so I can say that. And it shows, it's just got images of the, that I've drawn of the big cats that have been sighted at various times over the, well, past few decades, really. So tell us about some of these big cat sightings then, Anna. Which ones, other than the Beast of Exmoor, should we know about? In the 1960s, there was quite a lot of sightings in, in Surrey, and it was, became known as the Puma Pandemonium. 
because there were so many sightings around that area. Uh, so the one I chose to put on my map was one that was spotted in 1963 in Shooter's Hill, where a cheetah, or alleged cheetah, I can't remember if that one was ever proved or not, was spotted and it um, jumped over a police car. So that one must have been quite a sight. Uh, so that's the one of the Puma, uh, the Surrey ones that appeared on my map, and also Palace Puma and Beast of Sydenham. Uh, again, lots of various sightings of them. So some of them have been proved, some of them not proved. Puma pandemonium, I love it. So what are some of your other favourite big cats? Uh, I quite like the ones that are just completely random and not proved. Like there's one uh, in Nottingham as well. The lioness was allegedly spotted in 1976 and there was a lot of alleged sightings. And I think it was maybe... 65 supposed sightings of it and the police um, got involved and some of them were tracked and some they turned out to be a dog and there was even someone one of the spottings which turned out to be a plastic bag so <laughs> those are the kind of stories that uh, kind of appeal to my sense of humor and so the ones that are a bit random uh, and then another one in Wales, South Wales, uh, 2005, I think it was. Uh, a photo of what looked like a black puma and uh, the Big Cat Society uh, decided 100% that it was a photo of a cuddly toy. So that was another <laughs> uh, funny story. A plastic bag and a cuddly toy. It seems like some of these big cat sightings are just people's imaginations running away with them. Well, it certainly is a topic that seems to have captured the public's imagination, that's for sure. Why do you think that is, Anna? Why are we so interested in big cats? We live in a fairly sedate country in the, the wilds. We don't really see too many wild animals, uh, certainly not um ferocious ones like lions and tigers so I think that the, the thought of maybe bumping into a tiger or a lion in the when you're out for your walk in the woods maybe adds a bit of excitement to our day something that we're fairly unlikely to experience in this country. And have you ever seen a big cat yourself Anna? Oh, sadly not <laughs> I would I would uh, yeah love to see that uh, yeah, I, mean, I do like the Essex lion, the one I mentioned before, that was turned out to be um, someone's cat, Maine Coon cat, which if you've ever seen a Maine Coon cat, is a very large cat. So I think it's fair enough if you spot that out in the, in the wild. It could be uh, a slightly uh, scary sight. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, to spot one in the wild. That'd be amazing. Okay, so we know that there have been sightings of a big cat in Exmoor, and we know they're not the only ones. Now, some of them, as Anna said, have just been house cats, cuddly toys or plastic bags. But others, like Rick said, have been credible. That's right. But there's one huge question that remains unanswered. What's that, Jenny? Well, these big cats we're talking about, they're not native to Britain, so where did they come from? And what are they doing in the British countryside? In the 1970s, a law was brought in, Dangerous Wild Animals Act, which banned the keeping of various species on unlicensed premises. So it's thought that that could be a, a bit of a cause of some of the sightings that people suddenly realise they can't keep these uh, dangerous wild cats and have released them. 
into the wilds of the UK countryside. Okay, so let me get this straight. There was a law that was introduced in 1976, which basically placed greater controls on people owning wildlife in the UK. And so people think that some private collectors might have released these animals into the wild to avoid getting into trouble. People people have admitted uh, re- releasing them, and other people who are now sort of years on, friends and relatives of people who did um, release them allegedly, have, have actually uh, told tales on them and said, yeah, you know, my grandfather did, or my, my you know, the, the, the people next door on the estate, you know, let, let these animals loose. So there's enough of that now to suggest that they were released pets, uh, which we do imagine, you know, that they're not native to Britain. So if they're out there, that, you know, somebody dumped them and released them or they've escaped and, and it could have happened since the wartime we had some um, uh, people had collections in war times and when you feed these animals uh, they, they are strict carnivores so they can only eat meat really and if you haven't got meat supply you're in trouble you, know, you can't really keep them so they could have been let loose from wartime onwards and if they got out at different times at different places around the country around Britain and they've met and bred and that that is the puzzle that is the extraordinary claim you know, it's not it's not weird that that, you know, a few um, non-native large cats got out. It's 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 the extraordinary thing, and the puzzle is how are they being seen today in so consistently and looking like they're um, naturalising and breeding and confident. So I guess that answers my question of where they might have come from. But as Rick says, how might they have survived to the present day? Now there's a real mystery. Okay, Jenny, I think it's time to turn to our trusty friend, the mysteriometer. Yes, for those of you who don't know, the mysteriometer is a scale from 0 to 100, with 0 being we know nothing and 100 being case closed. We know everything there is to know, so I wonder where our guests think we are on this scale when it comes to Britain's big cats. We'd like more and better evidence, of course, but I think I think we're getting there. I think, you know, it's 70% plus. Uh, I would say, yeah, maybe in the 70s, 75 so, yeah, there's a lot of fact out there, but uh, there's always a bit of room for a bit of fiction and mystery, which I think is uh, the appeal, especially as an artist. We like to appeal the imagination that humans use to sort of fill in the gaps of the unexplained. So, yeah, that would be my answer, I think. OK, so they're both agreed. 70, not bad at all, but always room for improvement. Who knows? Maybe one of our listeners will be the one to find that crucial missing piece of evidence to get us to 100. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Have you ever had a big cat sighting? Do you think there are other explanations for what the beast of Exmoor could be? To send us a voice note, just head to funkidslive.com forward slash mysteries and hit the big red button. Your message could be played in a future episode. And don't forget to join us in two weeks' time where we'll be back with our next mystery. Yes, we'll be exploring the strange and mysterious world of deep fakes as we ask, can you believe what you see? Until then, stay, stay curious. curious. Thanks for listening to this podcast, which is made by the same people that make The Week Junior magazine. You can get six free issues of The Week Junior or three issues of The Week Junior Science and Nature for £5 by heading to theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash podcast offer. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists 
to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.